When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. You're listening to Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact, baby! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Impact Theory. I am here with the legend, two-time Academy Award winner, Hilary Swank. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. We've been talking uh, via Instagram uh, for a while now trying to make this happen, so I'm really happy you were able to. You and me both. You are such a hardcore badass. As my wife was just here, (laughs) she was so hyped up to meet you. Um, because truly we are both so inspired by your work ethic and what you've accomplished and just how hard you go to make your dreams come true. And so having you you on the show is something we are beside ourselves with joy to be doing. So super stoked. Thank you. Um, And I'd love to start with that legendary work ethic, if we may. When did you develop that? I mean, you were competing quite young. Um, at the the state level, for sure, in both swimming and gymnastics, if I have all my facts right. Um, mm-hmm. So when did you like click into that competitiveness and really start taking it seriously? Uh, well, it's so interesting um, how something becomes something. Um, I started swimming at the age of three. Um, it was kind of just a convenient babysitter putting me into sports, you know, while my parents both worked and worked long hours. So then after school program, going swimming or gymnastics or basketball or whatever sport it was in the season really became, um, it was, it was my babysitter, but then it became my way of life and my great passion for so many reasons. Um, and, uh, Uh, you know, it's, to me, it's like being a part of sports is like the air you breathe or the water you drink. It's, I couldn't live without it. It, it informed who I am in so many ways. And I love that you started the conversation with this because I feel like sports gives you a type of work ethic that you carry into your life. And especially for young girls, because we're so objectified and trivialized that you realize when you're working in team sports, what your body is actually made for. And, um, and you have to train your body and you have to work your body hard and you have to mind over matter get into that part later, but also as young girls working together for a common goal and supporting one another in their strengths and picking each other up, you learn how to support other women. 
And so um, there are so many things. Um, you learn how to persevere um, through all types of adversity, through pain and through what losses. You know, I've never seen a loss as um, a negative because it's such an opportunity to grow. Um, and I know this is a very long-winded answer to your question, but um, without sports as a young person, um, without um, the ability to learn myself again, physically and mentally, I don't, I would definitely be a different person than I am today. Yeah, that, that I completely understand when you approach the body to get to the mind, to me, that's when like really interesting things happen. I've always told people there's two ways to get to the mind. The mind to me is ultimately the game that we're playing. You can go directly to the mind, which I would say works for very, very few people, Another way to get to the mind is through the body. So whether that's um, learning that you can get stronger, learning that you can get faster, that you can improve your skill set, it, it becomes much easier to believe that change is possible, um, which gives you the energy that you need to push when something gets difficult. It's like, oh, I've seen this with the body. And now if I can believe that the mind works in the same way, um, then I can tackle a pursuit like you've done with acting, which I, I have to imagine people would rank as one of the sort of most impossible to to get into it just seems so insurmountable the odds of coming from you know a trailer park in bellingham washington to having a star on the hollywood walk of fame i mean it's like it's the classic story um what i'd love to know is when does your mom begin whispering in your ear this notion that you can become what you want it's just going to be really hard is that as soon as you started swimming um was it later like when does that become a thing it was as early as I can remember. Um, I think my mom, first of all, I know the best gift you can give a child is to tell them they can do anything they want as long as they work hard enough. It gives you that gift of believing in yourself. Um, and I, I don't even remember at what age she told me. I, it was just kind of a common mantra. Um, and it, it was really can't was the bad four letter word in our house. Uh, and I love that. And it was also, I remember my gymnastics coach, we had a big sign on our wall, um, in big block level, uh, letters up on the wall that said, can't means won't and won't means pushups. <laughs> and so kind of from all, all areas from my home life to my sport life, it was a the common mantra. And I just tried to carry that into my, I do carry it into my life all the time now. And instead of saying I can't, I try and find a way to persevere. Um, and, and a lot of the times my biggest competitor is my mind. It's our, our biggest competitor is really ourselves. And, um, I'm, I'm competitive because I'm a Leo and I, I like a challenge um, but really, I think overcoming that obstacle of your mind is the number one thing to tackle in, in, in pursuing your dreams and your goals. One thing I'm very curious, I actually don't know how you're going to answer this. So I've, I've heard that you're very competitive um, and not just with yourself, with other people. What do you think about that? Do you think it's important or maybe useful to be competitive with others as well? Or do you think, no, 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 you should keep it entirely aimed at yourself? Well, one thing I'd like to say is that I think for a long time, people use the word competitive as a negative, especially when it was um, 
you know, uh, towards a, a, a female. Um, it was, if men were competitive, it was deemed a good attribute and characteristic. And for women, it was kind of a negative. And I was told my whole life, well, you're really competitive. And I took it poorly because clearly it was, I think, meant as that. Until I started realizing what a great thing. It means that I'm always trying to improve myself. And even if that's not what the person meant, I feel like when I look back, for instance, when I was swimming or that one kid in school or two kids or three kids or 10 kids um, that were better at something than you, it's so important to try and work towards pushing yourself. It gave you something to work towards. And so I was constantly observing what they were doing that made them able to be faster or um, whatever it was that, that, what, that I was trying to achieve. And that is so important to, um, to, to see it, um, to respect it, and to work towards it. Um, I always go to that when I was training for Million Dollar Baby, I was thinking of that, the runner who finally broke the four minute mile. And I remember thinking that after he was able to do that, how many people did it? just shortly after. It's because they saw someone do something that was deemed no longer impossible and they said, I can do it. And so that is super important to be competitive with other people because they're the ones that push us out of our comfort zone that we didn't even know we were living in. Hillary, I agree with that so aggressively. And yet it, I, I have said things like that in the past and it gets a pretty controversial response. Like people, um, they don't like the idea of competing with other people, but like you, I feel exactly the same that I'm, I'm not wishing them bad. I don't think less of myself. If I can't win, I want to play against the best of the best and see like how good this can be and fall in love with the process of like pushing myself and like, just how far can I take this? And to me, that exhilaration of allowing yourself to be competitive, to really try to win, um, in an honorable way, in, in an exciting way, in, in, in a way that fills arenas with people that want to see that level of like human performance. That to me is like the juice of how far you can push the human animal. Exactly. And if you think about it from that aspect, it's about respect. It's about respecting the person that is doing something that you want to achieve. That's beautiful. And that's what makes the world better. Because if we all stayed in that comfort zone and said, oh, let's not compete with each other to be better at whatever it is, then no one would ever grow and no one would find vaccines to help save lives or go to missions to Mars or whatever it may be. And that to me is the most inspiring about human beings are the people who are constantly breaking through the status quo. They blow all of our minds. Like you said, they fill arenas. And I think the negative naysayers are really probably just a little bit jealous and they're not going to like to hear that. But the fact is, is they might not have it in them to want to have that drive, but they want to be there. So to go a little deeper on that story for anybody that hasn't heard it, for all of recorded human history, everybody thinks that the four minute mile is not possible, that the human body is just not capable of doing it. One guy is just crazy enough and he keeps pushing, pushing and pushing and believes that it can be done. He does it, I think 40, like 44 days after he breaks a record that had stood for all of recorded human history, another person breaks it. And then by the end of the year, three people in a single race 
break the four minute mile because they realize that it could be done. It's like that zero to one moment is so incredibly difficult. But when you see that somebody has pulled it off, it gets pretty interesting. Now, the new show that you're in a way on Netflix is I love it so much. You have no idea. I'm five episodes in. I'm a total sci-fi junkie. I know you're not a huge fan of sci-fi. I am a psychopath for sci-fi. And part of what I love is these exploration of these zero to one moments of like what that would really be like. And I'm curious, you've gone from actor to now executive producer as you literally change who you are and how you show up in the world? Like, how do you reinvent yourself like that? How did you have the courage to move to LA and live out of your car? How did you have the courage, you know, to take um, Boys Don't Cry, which was, I'm sure, like, the, you got paid $75 a day or something? It's ridiculous. Like, how do you have this courage to reinvent yourself constantly? Um, and, and why do you keep doing it? Um, well... You know, I think that if you look at something and you think, uh, like, I didn't know that this is where I would be, like, 29 years later, that I would be living my dream and having a conversation about impact and, you know, uh, being a type of role model. And I think if you think like that, it can be a little overwhelming, especially with a movie like Boys Don't Cry, when you know that it was the beginning of a conversation that no one was having at the time. And it started that conversation that was so important for so many people. Um, I probably might've even like froze under that pressure. Um, but I think if you're just following your life's path and your life's purpose, um, you're not thinking about anything other than just kind of, how do I achieve it? How do I, how do I make it happen? And when I drove to California with $75 and a gas card, and I was living with my mom out of the car for a little while, to me, it was exciting. It was, it didn't feel courageous. It felt like I, I'm embarking on the beginning of my dream. And there was nothing more exciting. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I think that if you really are living your fullest purpose, there are definitely moments where I, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of quaking in, um, in a type of fear of like, can I do this? And that's wonderful because I don't ever want to rest on my laurels. I don't ever want to just sit back and go, Oh, I did it. Now I can just kind of smooth sail choices that I continue to make are ones in which keep me up at night that, you know, it's like the night before the first day of school and I can't sleep on my first night of, of, of when I'm about to go to set for the first time. And, um, and I love that. It, to me, it's a challenge and sometimes it doesn't work. You know, Clint Eastwood said something that has always stuck with me, which is you always aim for the bullseye, but you don't always hit it. And that's okay. You know, How do you okay, deal with that? When you, the, when you fail to hit the bullseye, what do you do? How do you talk yourself through that? I just say, did I do my best? Did I work my hardest? Did all the collaborators work their hardest? And, and where can we improve the next time? Why didn't it work? I think trying to break down and understand why something doesn't work so that you don't do the same thing the next time. But it's hard when you're telling stories because you're anything, you're only as good as your weakest link and we're a collaboration. And that's part of the beauty and the magic is in that collaboration. Like I remember I did this movie, The Reaping, which um, was really about kind of this biblical 
plagues that happened, which feels very kind of timely right now. And I feel like it just didn't come out at the right time. You know, it had it come out now, people would be like, oh my gosh. You know, so, so much of it is about time and what's happening, but also sometimes it just doesn't work. I've done movies and I won't mention them <laughs> and remind everybody where it just doesn't work. And that's just okay. One thing that you guys know, I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news 
news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. That I find so interesting is you... You had an overnight success, nine years in the making, right? So yeah, I, I totally get that story of, you know, you work and work and work, but just nobody's seeing it. But then you finally have that breakthrough moment. And then you've done so many extraordinary things. Not only do you win one Academy Award, you win two Academy Awards, which is insane. I just, I mean, that puts you in such a small pantheon. But what's interesting to me is that you've also launched a clothing line. You've become an executive producer. Um, you're getting involved in like the real um, nitty gritty of the storytelling. And that to me is, is evolution that I think is going to keep you relevant and that, you know, you're already at a, a point now where you can be in front of the camera, you can be behind the camera. I want to read a quote that you said that I think really sums up um, your attitude and the approach that you have, which I, I think speaks to why you've had the kind of um, success and evolution that you've had. This is straight from your mouth. I wrote it down myself. I have this motto, make a choice, make it happen and work every day towards what, towards whatever that goal is. Step into the sharp edges, do something that scares you. Don't pull away and don't overthink. And I just thought, man, that is how you really build something that is constantly changing, constantly evolving, that willingness to, to lean into the sharp edges and uh, do the things that scare you. Is that, is that really something that you keep at the front of your mind as you decide what to do next? 100%. My deepest fear used to be that I wouldn't fulfill my, my purpose, that I wouldn't, um, you know, it's not just about achieving, it's just that I wouldn't fulfill what I'm here to do. And, um, do you have like a single sentence of what you're here to do? Um, well, it's always evolving. And that's why I say, make a choice, make it happen because we are evolutionary beings and what is right for you at 20 might not be right for you at 40 or 30. And you have to constantly ask yourself, am I still living my purpose or was that a purpose at 20 that someone else had for me? Um, or what, you know, often we also get caught up on what success is without asking ourselves, what is my definition of success? Because it might be different from what is always thrown at you from the early age before you even know you're taking stuff in, you're seeing commercials and billboards and ideas of what success is because it's a business. So I think really getting in touch with why am I here and what's my purpose? And I was just lucky that eight years old, I knew that I wanted to be an actor. I didn't know when I came alive and I was performing in front of my class that I was, that was my calling. Eventually I figured it out. Um, but, and thankfully it's stayed true and I've taken time away to take care of loved ones and it's only fueled that fire more. I love being a storyteller. There's nothing I, 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 I think that could bring me that much joy. Um, it's so fulfilling. It's so rewarding, but like you just said, there's other parts of me that I'm exploring, which is, I want to encourage women to live their own mission statement to, to walk in the shoes that they know they're here to do. And that's why I created this clothing line. It felt like it was a natural extension to that encouragement. Um, 
you know, my charity that I have, Hillaroo, that brings kids who've been given up on and animals who've been abandoned. Seeing these kids come to life when a, when a seed of hope has been planted in them again, when they've been kicked to the curb and, and told that they don't matter because of the circumstances that they're born into, you see them come alive. It's, you know, that's the thing constantly ask ourselves every day, am I making a choice to make it happen? My purpose. And so I don't know if I answered your question, but the point is, is that it's constantly evolving who we are. And sometimes, you know, letting go of the idea of what it should be is just as important because we're missing what's right in front of us. That is something that has bloomed that might be better than the idea we had it to be. Yeah, I think that's really, really powerful. Um, Hillaroo sounds amazing. What is it, what's happening there? Is it the connection with a dog that just has um, unconditional love? Um, is it the adults that are finally showing them love and care and the dogs are just sort of accidental? Like what is the, what's the magic? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. So what happens is, first of all, when I was a kid, um, growing up at very young age, I learned about classism. Um, and it was really unfortunate because I didn't realize that my circumstances and a lower socioeconomic background were not, uh, you know, um, it, I didn't know that it was bad or looked upon poorly. Um, I just was living my life. And it's so unfortunate that you learn that at such a young age. But um, one of the things I always did for my birthday and for Christmas, every year I want a dog, I want a dog, because every time I was around a dog, I felt good about myself. I felt like a, a sentient being saw me for who I really was, and I just felt joy. It gave me a reason to wake up in the morning. It gave me a, a, like a purpose that was outside of me and like, oh, they don't like me because I live in a trailer park and, oh, I don't belong there. And well, where do I belong? Finally, a dog is where that's where I belonged. And so I thought later in life when my late dog, Karu, who was this super special dog, passed away. I thought, well, what do I do with this pain? And I thought, oh, Hillary, our names combined. And I'm going to try and um, bring back that feeling I had for kids who have been given up on, um, in foster care and in group homes. Um, and again, they see the dogs though, that have been kicked to the curb. Like they feel they have dogs that are in shelters, dogs that are going to be put down and we pull them out and we pair them. And it is one-on-one -on -one counseling too. Um, and these kids, we put like the dogs, we put them through, they, they have to take a dog through an agility course on the first day. And one of the things we ask them at the end of the, the, the day is, what do you think your dog felt? And they'll say, well, my dog was overwhelmed. My dog didn't trust me. My dog was confused. My dog didn't know why it was there. And then we say, oh, what did you feel? And they're like, just like my dog. And so it connects them back to their emotions that they've cut off from. And so they start having empathy for this other being outside of them, which again, though, they go home and then they, it gives them a, or to their group home or to their foster home. And they, it gives them a, a reason to wake up the next day. It re-instills re a responsibility and a meaning in them. And if by far exceeded my expectations of what it would be. 
That is really cool. I asked earlier, um, but we didn't quite get a quick answer. I know that it changes over time, but I'm curious. As of right now, knowing that it could change and evolve, what do you see your purpose as being? Is it to tell stories that empower? I got it. Hands down, and I'm sorry I didn't answer it before, um, the long, this is the short of the long-winded, is to empower the underdog. It's just, I think that anyone living that feels like they've lost hope or they don't belong or they don't know what they're here for or they're marginalized or they're oppressed or they're told they'll never amount to anything, I want to tell stories that empower them to say, yes, this is why I was born. This is my meaning. This is my purpose. And you will not stop me. And I didn't know that when I became an actor, that that was, you know, the stories I wanted to tell, but those were the stories I was drawn to. And now we can see through the trajectory of the choices that I made that that's the through line. And it will forever remain, I think, my most passionate thing. When I see people who have given up on this, what, as far as we know, one short life, it leaves me feeling so sad and so anything that I can do to say, you know, if one person watches one of my films and says, I get it, I get it. It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation, and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. One way I make sure my business is moving in the right direction is to ensure we are constantly becoming more efficient. 
Because in my experience, inefficiencies will eat away your profits and leave you with a dying business. But with the right technology, your business can get the insights it needs to become efficient and ultimately unstoppable. And that is why I recommend you check out NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all of it into one platform and one source of truth. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors that are massively inefficient. Guys, inflation is no joke. So check out NetSuite and see how you can cut costs and boost performance at the same time, like the 37,000 companies that have already made the switch. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Do not wait. Head right now to netsuite.com slash theory. Again, that's netsuite.com slash theory. Get the information you need. Head to netsuite.com slash theory. Then I've done my job. I want to go back to something that you said earlier about your mind is the thing that ultimately gets in your own way, and it's the ability to overcome that. Talk to me about Million Dollar Baby. The, I don't know if people understand five pounds of muscle is transformative. It would change anybody's physique. It would make you almost unrecognizable. You go from like skinny to Bruce Lee with five pounds of muscle. And it is gruelingly difficult to put that kind of muscle on. If I gave you six months to do it, it would still be hard. If I have all my math right, in roughly three months, you put on 19 pounds of muscle. The, the inhuman amount of effort that that would take, how the hell did your mind not scream at you to stop? How'd you pull that off? My mind screamed at me every day <laughs> to stop. <laughs> uh, I was um, in, my body was in pain all the time. And I was training six days a week um, and... Um, the beautiful thing that happens when you persevere and change the mindset, you just go and don't put anything on it. Just get there and be present and work really fucking hard. Don't say you can't, don't say this is going to happen. Don't, um, quantify it and say, well, if I show up, this better happen. Like, don't do any of that. Just show up and put the work in. And then the next thing you know, you're breaking through barriers that you never thought possible. And you're, you're, you're in awe of the, not of yourself, but at the fact that anyone can really do this. If you set your mind to it, anyone can do it. It's not a secret. It just takes a lot of fucking work and you have to get out of your own way. Because your body will, con your mind will constantly tell you, you can't because it hurts. It hurts to grow, even mentally, not just physically. It's just painful. You're breaking out of old ideas and thought patterns and things that are comfortable. The drama in your life becomes your comfort zone. And when you break out of it, whether it's physically or mentally, it's the unknown. And the unknown is scary. Yet you just have to say, okay, I'm going to sit here, push into the sharp edges, and I'm just going to sit here. I'm not dying. The floor is still under me. 
wow, my shoulder was hurting, but it's still there and it's okay with a little ice or whatever it is. If you talk through all the what ifs that you put on yourself, what if this, oh, what if that? If you sit through them all and you actually go through them, you realize 99% of the time they're not gonna happen, you know? And you're gonna come out the other side, the person that you stepped into wanting to become. Now, I know with um, a way that you discovered, I'm sure, less than enjoyably that you actually have some claustrophobia issues with getting in the spacesuit and all of that. Um, has your previous mental training, did that prepare you for that? Were there new tricks that you had to learn in order to deal with that? Like, how did you get on the other side? Because you spent a lot of time in that suit. Well, um, I after after I got over being ashamed of myself, not for having a phobia, but for the thoughts that I had about other people who had phobias, I was disappointed in myself. I was always kind of like, whatever, it's a spider. Just turn away, <laughs> walk away. Or, you know, whatever it was, it's heights. It's like, well, don't look down. You know, I didn't have very much empathy for those things. And I consider myself a really empathetic person. So shame on me. Once I got over that, and realize, oh my God, it is a physical thing that happens that you don't have control over. I almost passed out. I was sweating, I turned beet red, and I didn't wanna say anything because I hadn't even started filming and I didn't want them to recast me. (laughs) (laughs) But they clearly said something was wrong. When I say I was red, I was red as a tomato and I was dripping sweat. And I, I sweat, but my face doesn't sweat a lot. So it was very, it was all very, uncommon to me and everyone there was you know probably 12 artisans around me like latching me in and doing tweaks on the suit and they all saw it and they just said you want to sit down and I'm like yeah no I'm okay (laughs) until I was about to pass out um and so I realized I needed to reach out to people who knew how to help you that's the other thing it's really important when you don't have the answers to not try and you know, power on all by yourself. If you, it's okay to ask for help. And that's one really important thing that I learned also early on is that, well, it took, it was some hard knocks to get there because I always took everything on my own shoulders, but it's important. So I reached out to people who I knew worked with sports people to help them, um, through, uh, negative thinking, um, um, you know, essentially just to have breakthroughs and to not get caught up in the mind game. Um, and I asked them if they could help me and they gave me ideas of, um, really relaxation, which is something we do with acting. Um, you can't force anything in life. And so it was also a good analogy for life. It was a good analogy for my art to go back into relaxation because what is happening is everything's speeding up and and that takes over and you can't get out of the cycle of the speed up. And so if you start at a really low kind of heart rate, deep breathing, quiet place and you go into it and you just try and keep yourself there. I just didn't know how I was going to act while I was also trying to concentrate in that zone when I was acting all worked up in some of the episodes where I was doing, you know, these flight things and uh, where I was supposed to be worked up. I didn't know how to work the acting into the relaxation. And that was an interesting lesson. But I also reached out to 
acupuncturists and they gave me herbs and things, you know, whether that was a uh, placebo, but I would take these drops of these homeopathic stuff 20 minutes before. And I was like, this is going to help me. And <laughs> So all in, it all kind of worked. Um, but I also had the patience of the filmmakers and the producers who, and my fellow actors, because they would, we would all be in these spacesuits and we'd be about to take off. And then they'd have this the chair shaking and you'd be acting like you're taking off. And then I would have a freak out and I'd have to pull everything <laughs> off and they were all patient. And yeah, it was a process. And wow. again, just being patient with yourself. And are you at the point now where you can be in the suit normally or is it still like we have to do the drops and the meditation and the calm breathing and all that i um tried it um as we got towards the end without the drops just to see if it was placebo or um and i think what started to happen is i didn't i didn't take them i got much better but um i also and this is another analogy for life i was able to trust the people around me i had two people um, at all my, the, the costume person and the prop person and they, when they lock in, cause you lock gloves on and you lock and you can't get out of it by yourself. But once I could trust that if I, you know, had a safe sign that they would run in and take it off, I could relax into it. And again, that's just such a good analogy for life. If you trust that you're doing, if you've done the work, if you're living in the right mindset if you're, you know, making a choice to make it happen, that the universe is working in it on your behalf and you just have to trust and let go. And essentially that's kind of what getting over this claustrophobia or working through it was. I want to talk about your preparation, which is ultra hardcore. What is it that you do for prep to prep for a role? Um, and what do you think it's sort of secret sauces? Um, you're so complimentary. Thank you. Um, the secret sauce to me is having, um, the time to explore a character like it's a human being. I think everything in life is about the specificity. I think if you look at the specifics of anything that you're doing, um, that's where the beauty lies. Um, it's never in the surface. It's always in the depth. And so the break, the time, at least four weeks to break down a character and to understand them. Um, this is what I love about acting and is that I get this opportunity to see how every, every human being has a similar quality, but then they have this thing that makes them different. We all have our unique story, right? We all want to give and receive love. We all want to live our fullest purpose. We all have fears. We all have hopes. But the color of that is that it's not exactly the same what those things are. I mean, the, the, the through line is the same, but who we love and what our purpose is, they're all different. And so um, everyone has a unique story. So with a character, I always try and find their unique story. What scares them? Um, so when you're in the middle of a scene and you're thinking of what the scene is, it's not just the lines, it's the between stuff. It's the in-between stuff. It's like, you know, when, when anything you can think of in life, we all know what our triggers are. We all know what scares us. We all know what our hopes are. Um, 
And so finding those nuances in a character is what I love and, um, and doing that preparation. And I think one of the key things and fun things for me is finding my character's shoes and walking in those shoes because everybody, and just take a look around everyone watching this. And if you look around, everyone walks differently. Not one person walks the same and finding where a person walks from. Um, I have always walked like impactfully and it made it hard to do zero gravity because I'm an impactful person. Like I like high impact sports and stuff. I'm not graceful. So being in zero G and trying to be graceful was hard, but just like I walk kind of chest forward, like heart forward. And some people walk with their head forward and some people walk with their pelvis forward and some people kind of walk, you know, with their heart back and just look around. It's interesting. And I love that. I love observing that and diving into that and understanding all of that. When you think about moving forward with your career, where are the areas that you want to go next? What are the sharp edges? What are the things that scare you um, that you want to move into now? Um, well, I, I really, I started my career in comedy um, which is, uh, a great joy of mine. I love it. And I'm clearly not seen as that, uh, especially after a lot of the choices I've made. My mom always says, can you please live to see the credits? <laughs> I always... <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, doing PS, I love you, albeit, you know, not a, a total comedy, but there was, you know, it was considered a, a kind of romantic comedy. I, I, uh, I love it. I love exploring that side. I'd also like to do more action. I know people think of me oh. um, as, as physical, but yes. I'd like to do like, I don't understand why there's not mission impossible with a female lead or there's not like a James Jane bond or something, you know, where there's not like a, a female, um, in these roles. I, I feel like women, I, I heard make up a, a bigger population of the viewers. And I would think they would love to see a badass, uh, in, in an action piece like that. There's definitely space for that. As somebody that thinks a lot about demographics, you've talked a lot about, there's a dearth of, um, exciting projects for women. Um, how do you go about solving that? Like what, what is the answer? Are you collecting talented writers and, um, directors? Like how do you, if, if you were given all the money in the world, how would you solve that problem? That's a really good question. The thing about the business is, I think, very challenging is, and makes it a kind of a lottery is that it takes so long for a project to find its to be its finished piece. So it's, you know, a year on the normal side. Clint Eastwood can get something out in six months, That's which is insane. rare and fat. Yeah. Um, but what is relevant right now might not be in a year. So you're trying, if you're trying to like play the popular game of, oh, this is, this is what's cool right now, you might be missing it. I think the most important thing is to really just tell a story that speaks to your soul. And then hope that it makes it because at least you didn't hurt your integrity and in trying to be hot and cool. Um, and a year later having it bomb because then you have nothing else to hold on to except you're trying, trying to reach something. I don't think like I didn't become an actor to win an Academy award. It wasn't my goal. My goal was to be a, to tell stories and to, 
find characters that um, made me feel less alone in my life, that made me feel more connected to humankind. That was my goal. And so if you're just, again, it goes back to if you're in touch with what it is that lights you on fire, at least you're winning in one way because no one knows what the outcome is going to be. But if you had fun doing it, if you were challenged doing it, if it, if it helped you grow as an artist and as a human being, you've already won. It's great when you can get your financiers their money back because I feel that responsibility. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, it just doesn't always work. And I don't think that you can always go by statistics. And there are people who have proven themselves in one movie and then the next movie that they try and simulate that, it doesn't work. So it's just, who knows? And that's, that's kind of the, the, I guess, excitement, um, but also the scare of this business. You know, one thing that I think you've talked really profoundly on is identity. And you say, you know, we, we always lead with um, what we do. And so much of who we see ourselves as is tied up in what we do. I'm curious to know, when you won the Academy Award, did it change how you felt about yourself? Um, did it strike you? Is it something you've taken on as part of your identity or do you know, I, I shouldn't invest in, in that part of it. It was a moment. It was beautiful. Um, but I'm not going to let it define a part of who I am. I love that question. And I, I really hope that, um, really, especially young people hear this because the most defining moment for me is when I took three years off of my career because of what you just said. So often we're defined by what we do. And I realized, and as most people, when you say, oh, tell me about you, I usually first say, well, I'm an actor, you know, or I'm a storyteller or, oh, it is what I do, but it's not who I am. And there's so much more to me than that. And when you let one thing be the leader, I think, you're not as well-rounded as you're meant to be in this life. And so I think in also if you put everything in that one box, which I have, I'm an actor, I'm a storyteller, and I have now have a 29-year career, and if it was taken away, I would be devastated. Um, but when I took time off to care for my dad, who got a lung transplant, so there were people who said, are, are you worried about not being relevant? And, you know, what if you can't find your way back in? And it wasn't a question I asked myself. What I asked myself is where am I needed right now in life? And where I was needed was where I chose to go. And I really think it's important that we don't look back and have regrets. Had I not been there and for my dad and done the thing that was calling me at that time and said, oh, I can't wait to do another movie. And it's not because it's the right thing to do. It might not have been right for somebody else. But for me, it was right because that is what felt right in my heart. So at that time, I realized I'd never gone a year without being uh, in some type of movie or show or doing something creative. And in walking away from it, I realized that's when I created my my clothing line. That's when Mission Statement was born. Because I, even though I wasn't able to be creative in the way that I had been in the past, it didn't keep me 
from being creative in the hospital room as I sat by my dad's bedside, I could still think of other things that I wanted to do in life and how it could be impactful for me and other people. And I think that's, again, goes back to what I was saying is that we get, we can be so myopic and like, this is my goal right here. And then if that's taken away, then you're not seeing this wide thing of like all these other things that could be in front of you. And so I realized, you know, that's when I was able to help um, kind of push Hillary in a bigger way. And so instead of going, oh, I can't be creative, I thought, okay, what can I do? How can I be creative in this environment that I'm in right now where I'm needed? And so it just made me, like I said, it made me see that I'm more than just an actor. Mm, no, that's incredible. I think that's so important. Like you said, I hope the young people were listening to that. Um, were you and your dad already close? We became close um, kind of in my mid-20s. So, yeah, um, you know, not so close when I was younger, um, but we had been building a relationship. And obviously after this came a lot, we're really close. And my dad uh, lives with us, so now we're really close. <laughs> That's incredible. It It's incredible for a couple of reasons. One, it I think everybody should have a code that they live by, which is going to help them in those moments where it's like, I know what I should be doing based on how I want to feel about myself when I'm by myself, like you said, not having regrets, you know, and, and running the scenarios and saying, okay, let's say that I don't help my dad and he either struggles or passes away. Will I say, hey, but at least I, you know, made this movie and this was my third Academy Award and I, I really think this movie was an important body of work and I'm so glad it's out there. Or would you say, hey, that role that I know that I was up for went on to win somebody else an Academy Award and become this important thing, but I was at home with my dad and that really matters to me. Um, and when you have that kind of clarity, life just gets, it gets easier and it gets more beautiful because you know what matters to you, um, which you've chosen. I mean, you've decided to have something matter, but once you decide to have something matter and then you live in accordance with it, I mean, it's literally the motto that you live by as I say it, which I did not intend, uh, but putting those two things together of saying, you know, this matters and, and now I'm going to go make it happen. Um, and I, I think that's really, really extraordinary. And you don't seem to, and look, I obviously don't know behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem like you missed a beat in getting back in. Um, you're back to doing extraordinarily high quality work. Uh, you're at Netflix for God's sake, which these days is like the, you know, the tip top of, of the pyramid. Um, executive producing a story that's that's really pretty extraordinary what was how did you get back in was that just like look you know i'm going to deliver quality work i'm i'm 100 percent back now and ready to go um what did that journey back look like um the journey back was um i think there was a lot of also things time that i had to reflect on the people that i had around me and uh, I had, you know, so interesting how I think this is also important, especially for young people. But I had um, one person in my life who would say to me, um, you know, I would say, oh, we got to go for this and I want to go for that. And I kind of feel like I'm in my second act in in life. I'm now firmly in my 40s and it's my second act. And there's so much that I still want to achieve. And it's so and, and, and grow, especially as an actor. And I would say, let's do this and let's do that. And, and I like to, um, to really plan, um, and, and, and figure out like, how do we go after that? Because I don't want to just wait for things to come to me. There's going to be things that people don't see me for. And I still, I want to go after things. And I, 
And I want to, I don't, you know, um, I guess you call it ahead of the curve instead of just kind of waiting. And um, I had someone in my life who would say, uh, oh, Hillary, that's so naive. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you sound like my teacher in school who told me, when are you going to give up your hobby? When I went to California to pursue acting. Like, if I had that attitude, I would not be a working actor right now. And so I quickly learned that the people who have, who think like that, that's fine for their life. And they might not want to, you know, work that hard to get to that next level. But I have, you have to make those difficult decisions and say, okay, well, I don't know. I don't think this is the right partnership anymore. And you have to be able to, you know, kind of let your feelings get out of the way and say, it's nothing personal, but we're not in line. And if we're not in line, this is a part of your career, but this is my life. And so that's another thing you have to, I think, constantly ask yourself every day. Am I in line with the people that I'm collaborating with to help on, on this journey for one another? Um, and that was just really indicative. That was, I think, a really good example of that. And, and that, that downtime gave me is to really kind of look around my house and, um, and say, this is for the next goal um, and where I want to go. And this really isn't. And, um, there's a season for that. You know, there's a season for everything. Hillary, this was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, away is out right now on Netflix. It is amazing. Your success should not surprise anybody, your diligence, perseverance, work ethic, skill, um, preparation, man, it is, it is all on point and it is such a joy to watch somebody who takes their craft seriously, pushes themselves to be the best, uh, and delivers just consistency time and time again. I thank you for showing up and doing the work, uh, as a fellow storyteller, I, I, I see you in like an avatar way. I see you homie. Uh, and I am mm -hmm. super impressed. Um, and, and think that you are such a worthy role model. And I don't know if that's something you, um, are, are, you know, welcome as a part of the life that you lead or not, but certainly you are. And I think it's extraordinary. Um, other than watching away, how else can people connect with you, um, and just drink deeply of your world? Um, first of all, thank you so much coming from you. It means a lot. You know, I've been a great admirer of yours for a long time. I repost your, uh, Instagram, uh, posts that are just are such an inspiration and a reminder to persevere. I don't know. I, I like to, I can with my followers. Um, um, my followers are just so deep and, uh, and supportive, which I'm so grateful for. And really the ones that keep your dream going, cause they're the ones that are tuning into your projects. Um, so that's a, a way to, to kind of uh, reach out. Um, and so. so, and it had just the very beginning of that cut out. So that's Instagram. Is that the best place? Yeah. It's like, yeah, Instagram. That's really, I don't, it was hard to kind of get up on that because I'm not a very computer oriented person. I don't really understand that world, but I like the idea of telling a story through photos. As they say, a photo tells a thousand words. So um, I was into that. 
Nice. Well, anybody that likes dogs or workouts will find themselves right at home uh, on your Instagram feed. So I highly recommend it. Guys, no BS. I'm going to earn my reputation over time as to what projects I recommend. I'm telling you, Away is fantastic. I love it. I'm a sci-fi junkie. It's just a great story. Character-driven is fantastic. Highly encourage it. On Netflix, check it out. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.